Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. And I, I, words escape me this morning as I've watched, as we've watched and read. And I, this is just absolutely unfathomable what has happened here in Afghanistan. I, this is beyond, beyond excuse. This is, I, I, there are, there's nothing remotely good about this. I, I, I just, and now, and now, and this is, there's so many things I want to talk about, but I gotten, I now see headlines. Remember, remember when Trump was president here, Trump was president. It, It seems like 45 years ago, but it's been seven months ago. Seven months ago is when Trump was wrapping up his first term in the White House. And we didn't have all these problems. Remember that? Remember when there wasn't a dumpster fire in the Middle East? Remember when we didn't have um, we didn't have a war that we had um, fought for so long unravel before our eyes and we uh, fled in well disgrace the way that Biden's led this thing out. I, it, it, you remember when when we didn't have inflation at uh, at recent highs, what twelve year high or some such thing? Remember that? Remember when we had a president that the media constantly would? Oh my goodness, this guy! We're the laughing stock of the world. We're literally lo- the laughing stock of of the world. And I've been looking at. Not not just laughing. The, the enemies are laughing, and the allies are asking questions. You know, hey, what about our contribution? I heard Jen Psaki's replacement. <laughs> oh, if Jen Psaki wasn't bad enough, this guy that replaced her when well, she's out on vacation, you email Jen Psaki now. Hey, you know, thanks for thanks for reaching out to Jen Psaki here. I'm not going to be in. I'll circle back after my vacation. <laughs> I. It, I just it is beyond comprehension how mismanaged how messy I this is absolutely disastrous of epic proportions and there's headlines now here's one from the blaze.com international allies mock biden over afghanistan defeat question american credibility talking about alarm bells everywhere of course there's alarm bells everywhere this is a stinking dumpster fire biden is responsible for presiding over this dumpster fire this is what this is what we replaced trump with and ultimately the people that did that and i don't want to get into election specific talk right now um 
but presuming that that's what actually happened, that people were just motivated to vote for Biden, they were motivated because of mean tweets. And now we have the world literally, the literally is, is figuratively and literally burning down around us. I mean, it's it's just it's insane what has unfolded here um, over the past. Gee, n- no time at all. I mean, it, it is just I I can't even put into words how how pathetic this is. And the stories that are coming out, right? We saw the plane that left Afghanistan. The sea was a C-17. People hanging on it. A couple of people had fallen uh, from, I'm looking in the background right now, B-roll footage of of folks clinging to the side of that aircraft as it taxis down the runway to leave uh, Kabul or wherever it was in Afghanistan. People clinging to that aircraft hoping to get away they fell from the aircraft and if you've seen the video i mean it's it's just it's sad it is absolutely sad people would do anything to escape the tyranny that they are facing by having the taliban back in power now i'm not saying folks the there there is truth that the united states of america cannot ensure the safety and the um, you know, security of, of every government around the world. That's not that's not our job. But that is also not exactly what happened here. It's not exactly true that we just came in to fix somebody's problem. We went into Afghanistan to stop something that became our problem, and that was that the ruling powers, the Taliban, allowed the radical terrorists, the Islamic ext- extremists, who, if you remember at the time, the left told us didn't exist, or they they weren't motivated by their interpretation of a religious doctrine, which is absolutely false. The terrorism that we faced on this country, in this country on 9-11, is in fact rooted in a religious war. The, the folks who have engaged in that war against the United States have stated as much. When they stormed the cockpits on 9-11, they said, Allahu Akbar. Now, you can say that that's a perversion of, of, a, of a religious teaching or what, what have you, but that was their, their motivation. I mean, they've not been clear with us or straight with us or honest with us, the media, the radical left on this, really from the beginning. Because they didn't want to say that there were people out there that wanted to destroy the United States of America because by their religious beliefs, we are, in fact, the infidel. And that's where this all started. That's where this all started. And, of course, the media and the radical left wants to blame us because, after all, we did set up military bases in Saudi Arabia, which is really what ticked Osama bin Laden off in the first place for the United States, the infidel, infidel to have a presence in the uh, in the land of, of Muhammad back in the, what, the 90s, late 80s or 90s. And so now, um, you know, they, they took that to extremes. They recruited, and because of the friendly relationship they had with the Taliban government in Afghanistan, al-Qaeda was allowed to set up these training camps and train people whose mission was to kill Americans and to 
do all that it could to inflict terror upon the United States of America. That's where we started. That's where this whole thing started. And you could go back. You can go back to Bill Clinton in the 90s refusing to take out Osama bin Laden. You could look at all sorts of opportunities that were missed, all sorts of signs along the way, World Trade Center bombing, the blind shake. Um, You can look at the USS Cole and how we never really, um, I mean, we never really responded properly to a lot of these, to a lot of these attacks. And slowly but surely, we emboldened them. We, uh, you know, we didn't take out their leadership when we had the opportunity. And, and when we realized, when enough people realized what we had allowed to fester, it was after 9-11. And the American people unanimously, practically said, let's go get, let's go get these scumbags. And that's what we did. And that's why we went to Afghanistan and one of the first things we had to do, well, after we fought the terrorists and tracked them down and smoked them out of their caves and, you know, killed and captured them and put them in the uh, you know, places like Guantanamo, which, again, the left is trying its darndest to release as many of these folks as possible. You've seen one of the, the folks that Obama did a prisoner swap for back in 2014 is supposedly one of the folks who's been involved in some of the stuff happening in Afghanistan today. I mean, all this stuff comes full circle. Full circle here, right before our very eyes. People falling off of airplanes. People um, who were found dead inside of, um, you know, were the, the, the landing gear. Inside the landing gear when the plane reached its destination. People had gotten up in there, and I don't know if they'd gotten crushed, but they had died during the flight. That's how badly people went out of that place. And again, it's not because of anything other than the ideology ideology running it. It's not because of the race of people. It's not because um, what the name of the nation is. What it is is who is allowed to rule this nation by by force. And folks, we have created a scenario whereby this evil regime, the Taliban, who's out there telling us now, well, you know, we're in favor of women's rights as long as, um, as as much as Islamic law allows that to be. And what exactly is that, according to their interpretation? What is that? That they're that they're property. That they're you know I, you see how women are treated in these places like Iran and other um, other places like that around the world. What is this going to look like? We're told that this time it's going to be different. The Taliban's not as bad this time. They've learned from their from the mistakes of their past. Meanwhile, we see videos. I'm looking right now. They're out rolling the streets with their shoulder fired, you know, uh, RPGs and rolling around in the back of pickup trucks. There's reports that they've been going door to door. This is just all. It's all avoidable. And I find myself asking the question. I was talking with someone about this yesterday. You know, no one after 20 years wanted to be, I guess, uh, forced to defend fighting a war for 20 years, like actively fighting a war. But I find myself wondering, 
you know, and again, politicians, they look at this and they say, yeah, you know, well, I promised to bring the troops home. And so I'm going to do that and I'm going to end the war so they can go campaign on it. They can go fundraise on it. It's something they can check off their list. It's something that fits into a nice little soundbite. I'm the president that bought that brought these troops home. I'm the one who finally ended the war in Afghanistan, except, oh, you didn't. We actually have more troops in Afghanistan after we so-called ended the war than when the war was going on. I, I just don't understand why there is such a, if this is a real possibility, you know, we have, we have military bases um, around, around the world, right? I mean, Japan and Germany, and I mean, this is just, we have bases in places, and I don't understand why the I do from the sake of for the sake of political narrative because it's always oversimplified. But if we knew that withdrawing our troops, and we had to know this, we we had to know this. There, there's no way that we were this wrong on what would happen when we withdrew our troops. If we did, then every single person that advised President Biden on this needs to be fired because. This is this is so far outside the realm of just a you know, little tiny mistake or miscalculation. This is a massive, massive dumpster fire that's being created by these this decision or series of decisions that's led us to this point. But what's we had to know this. So why do we insist on on pulling out? Why couldn't there have been a presence? a U.S. military presence, if our presence of with 2,500 soldiers prevented all this from happening, then what was what's the harm in keeping a base there, right? I mean, that, there's a difference between actively going out and engaging in, in battle and having a presence because we do have national interests that are, that's here, right? I mean, this is if this returns to the same scenario it was prior to 2001, prior to 9-11, then we're going to have to deal with more terrorist training camps. We're going to have to deal with more people trying to inflict death and harm upon the United States of America. I mean, it's absolutely astonishing to think that given how much progress we made under the Trump administration, that literally... Now we're even talking about the war on terrorism again. I'm not saying it ever really went away, but it it went nowhere. It's nowhere near where it was when this thing first kicked off, right? I mean, you hear reports of of some, uh, I don't know, a terrorist every once in a while maybe getting taken out or whatever, something about terrorism, but not on the scale that it was at the height of the war on terrorism and that that was a a daily occurrence there was so much going on there was information overload in that in that respect we had made so much made up so much ground we had learned so much and if you look at what happens when these weak administrations like Biden's like Obama's before him well that's when we have these problems that's when we have ISIS Trump comes along there's no ISIS now I don't put ISIS, you know, coming back out of the question either. But now we're talking about Al Qaeda phrases and groups that we hadn't talked about really in a long, long time, right? I mean, effectively, they'd been never really completely 
utterly wiped off the face of the planet because it's hard to, uh, you know, wipe folks out who embrace an ideology that exists in the shadows, but they exist in the shadows. They're not openly running training camps. Now they've got weapons caches as well. That's nice. We left those. Why in the world we did that? I mean, that would, that, that requires a radical leftist to explain it to me because I don't understand that. I don't know how this could be any worse if I'm being quite honest with you. Unmitigated, out of control dumpster fire. And they're just, I mean, basically living it up, acting like it's just regular vacation time over there. And you would think, you would think about, you know, these people who fear criticism from the international community so much. They start, we start getting mocked and our allies start saying stuff and the the press starts asking questions about Australia's involvement. Hey, you know, we we sacrificed soldiers too to help fix this war on terror and now it's pretty much back where it was before you, you know, before the United States entered that conflict. At least the stage is set to return to that and it's almost as though the trillion dollars and the thousands of lives that were lost were basically for nothing. And here we are. And yet, I just go back to this election and the campaign and, you know, how people were so upset at Trump's. You know how stupid it makes people sound when they talk about Trump's tweets now? I, I just, it is, it is beyond infantile. Yeah, you could say Trump's tweets were, you know, unnecessary or make the case that they're infantile or stupid or whatever. But to, to this, these are the decisions, folks. These are the decisions. These are the consequences of of our decisions. And that's just one of them. We didn't talk specifically about inflation or, you know, the job market, or now we've got these emboldened regimes trying to force people to be vaccinated against their will. This is not the United States of America. It is not. It's run by a radical administration. It's it's run by radicals in the, in the Democrat party. It's being communicated about by radicals in the mainstream media. And average everyday U.S. citizens are looking at this and, and thinking this is absolutely Jimmy Carter 2.0, but Barack Obama term number three. This is absolutely disastrous. And I have to take a break. I have to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. back just listen to some of these headlines i I, (laughs) oh it's not funny i i just i don't know taliban leader freed from guantanamo bay by obama in 2014 uh, helped organize takeover of afghanistan anybody going to be called to account on this i remember discussing guantanamo i remember discussing the types of people um, that were in Guantanamo. I remember the questions that we had about what we were going to do with these folks as we talked about closing Guantanamo. Now we've got one of these leaders that was freed from Guantanamo by President Barack Obama in 2014 who helped t- um, organize the takeover. 
of Afghanistan. What about this? Taliban fighters, this is Fox News, beating Afghans, uh, attempting to reach airport video shows. Flights were suspended Monday as U.S. forces sought to gain control of crowd uh, of Afghan, uh, Afghans trying to flee. People are trying to flee, get away, because that's what you do when you're dealing with oppressive regimes. In fact, in fact, there's three things you can do. You can fight, you can flee, or you can forsake your liberty and just capitulate and go along. Those are the choices when you're dealing with totalitarian, um, maniacal, big government regimes, people who want to micromanage your life, control what you wear, what you, you, know, what you do. This is what real oppression looks like. We got people acting like there's oppression here in this country completely with uh, right before our eyes we see real oppression in Afghanistan in Afghanistan under the Taliban they're chasing and they're beating people trying to flee I mean it remind that's why they build a wall right the the Berlin Wall remember there used to be for those of you old enough to remember there used to be Two Germanys, East and West Germany. And that was in the wake of uh, World War II. And that ultimately led, or was the beginning of the um, Cold War fight. The communists built walls not to keep people out, but to keep people in. That's what they did. And people risked their lives to climb that wall, sometimes being shot tortured, who knows, along the way, risking everything they had just to get outside, just to get away from the heavy-handed Soviet empire. Same thing happening here, chasing down people who are trying to leave, because if, if everyone who could leave, everybody who wants to leave could leave, there would be no one left for the Taliban to rule. Nobody, nobody wants to be a part of this. What about this headline? Biden has not spoken to any world leader uh, since the fall of Kabul. I mean, in some respects, I feel like that's maybe the best thing. But in another more realistic sense, being the president of the free, of the free world, you figure there'd be some conversations um, about the dumpster fire started here by Team Biden. Now, I think that has since changed because this headline came out yesterday. But who knows? Who knows what's being reported? You can't believe a diddly darn thing. What about this? About this headline: Biden not giving Americans priority in Afghanistan evacuation. I mean, it seems to me, right? If you're in charge of this dumpster fire and your policies directly, your actions directly cause this, and now you've left Americans in a situation where they're having difficulty getting out, you have to bring more troops in as you were preparing to tell the world how you ended a war because you were so hell-bent on sending troops home, which sending troops home, I'm not saying is a bad thing. But it's as though we didn't even calculate this cost or didn't care about the cost or didn't, I, I don't know, just mis, mismanaged, mis, uh, misinterpreted what was about to happen. And there's just no way that this this sort of thing should happen. 
Now you have to tell American citizens that they're not priority. You don't have to, but why wouldn't you prioritize? What type of president doesn't prioritize getting his own citizens out of a country that's in absolute shambles because of his actions? It just it's beyond bizarre. This is a Newsmax article. It says this, American citizens will reportedly not be prioritized by President Joe Biden in the, evacu- in the evacuations from Afghanistan. Afghans applying for special immigrant visas, SIV, will be taken in the order they are evacuated. Press, uh, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby told Fox News' Jackie Heinrich. Once we get more airlift out of Kabul, we're going to put as many people on those planes as we can, Kirby said. That's, I mean, that's fine. I understand that. But there will be a mix, he says, not just American citizens, but perhaps some Afghan SIV applicants as well. We're going to focus on getting people out of the country, then sorting it out at the next stop. It's not going to just be Americans first, then SIV applicants. Again, not not surprising. But isn't that your first responsibility? You remember when Trump got criticized for America first? They really don't want... I mean, this is really the president's job. Take care of American citizens first and foremost, and then help, obviously, as many people as we can there. Of course, it would have helped a whole heck of a lot more if we didn't allow this situation to unravel to this point. But that's where we are. I, I just, it's headline after another, one headline after another. This is, the, the, the full depth of how bad this is for, in a variety of ways, national security, just general leadership, ineptitude, the repercussions of what this is going to lead to. I, who knows where this story ends up? We're just, we're, we're gathering information still. It's still... It's still shocking that a week ago we weren't even talking about this. And yet, I mean, we're just we're nowhere near the end of, of what all what all is gonna come of this. And it's not good. It's not good at all. And then we got the Taliban. I gotta take a break. I'll mention the talk about this after the break. Taliban's out there using Twitter and WhatsApp to organize this takeover. Meanwhile, President Trump cannot use Twitter. In fact, the Babylon Bee had a something that was uh, humorous that I want to share with you after the break as well. But you can literally be the Taliban using Twitter, but not President Trump. Just let that sink in. Let that sink in. People that are a group of, of leaders that people are so fearful of and that people believe are so to- totalitarian because they are. People are fleeing, trying to hang on to landing gear to escape these folks. Twitter doesn't see anything wrong with these people. But if you're President Trump, they believe you need to be shut down and silenced because you incited a riot. At the, I mean, absolutely unfathomable, completely indefensible positions. It's obvious that Twitter wants to silence a political point of view and a politician, and they don't have any problem whatsoever letting... The Taliban tweet on their platform. (laughs) That tells you all you should need to know about these jokers. Jack Dorsey, you should be ashamed of yourself. Quick timeout. Listen in conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. 
Welcome back, my friends. I mentioned before before the break that there was the Babylon Bee. I, I just I love these guys, the Babylon Bee. I saw Donald Trump Jr. post this yesterday, I think on uh, Instagram, maybe. Babylon B, this is what it says. Trump sneaks back on Twitter by disguising self as a Taliban spokesperson. And it's got a picture here of Donald Trump with a turban and a beard. And it says Don Hamid Trumpistan. That's uh that's the account here on Twitter. At Don Hamid underscore Trumpistan. <laughs> Trumpistan one. Trumpistan one. I didn't see the one there, which is even better. Should have been the real, the real Don Hamid Trumpistan. But think about that. Just let that sink in for a moment. Twitter is friendlier to the Taliban. The Taliban. The people who can be seen on television now or online on video beating people who are trying to leave. The people who invoke enough fear in the average citizens of the nation of Afghanistan where people risk their entire life to get out of there. They, they risk their lives in ways that is incredibly risky and, in fact, impossible when it comes to hanging on to airplanes. And I, it, that is, these are people. These are people just like us that just want to live their lives without being afraid of being subjected to, subjugated to Sharia law. The oppressive, this is real oppression, the oppressive beliefs and ideology that is being, that is about to be unveiled on these people is unconscionable. And it is the direct result of this administration. And Donald Trump can't tweet about it. But the, the Taliban can. What on earth? Folks, Twitter is run by people who are friendlier to the Taliban than the former president of the United States. People on Twitter act like January 6th was worse than August, what was it, 15th was this, I guess, Sunday. When a lot of this stuff happened, it's been happening over the past few days. What transpired in Afghanistan on our watch, on the watch of President Biden, make no mistake, is the is there's a lot going on, but one of them is is that now we get to see what what real unopposed oppression looks like. Women and girls who had ambitions and dreams that, again, I'm not saying the United States should be involved in, in nation building, but some of the consequences of us going in there and eradicating the Taliban to begin with was that these women and girls were given a chance to live a life. And now they are not. You tell me you're for women's rights, radical leftists? Really? You tell me Megan Rapinoe kneeling for the the anthem here and those other um, losers on the soccer team that just want to you know kneel and, and act like this is the place of oppression. Give me a break. Give me a break. Your 
the, the ridiculousness of your ideas should be exposed for what it is. This is what real oppression looks like, what the Taliban is doing. And who's trying to stop it? I mean, really, who's trying to stop it? Twitter, hey, you can tweet about it all you want. Who's out there kneeling for stuff to, to draw the conversation, to have a, a conversation about the real oppression in the world? Who's doing this? Nobody. It's not really oppression if you go out and kneel and you go home and you're, not, and you're hailed a hero in certain circles for, for being so brave. That's not, that, that is by definition showing that you're not oppressed. You may have to deal with people who say that they don't agree with it. Oh my goodness, what about that? That's rough. Trump can't even tweet. I mean, it's remarkable what we've allowed to happen. And people act like this is fine. This is normal. This is actually the right course. I had a listener write me and ask uh, if, if everyone that's being fled from Afghanistan, if they're being tested for COVID. You know, I've seen, I haven't heard anything said about the, you know, these large numbers of people running around, fleeing from the government without having their masks on. I mean, if the Taliban comes down with some mask policies, <laughs> the radical left may be, yeah, you know what, this may not be bad. The Taliban has a mask mandate. They're going to they're gonna mandate that women and children be vaccinated. This may not be that bad of a thing. I, of course, it's ridiculous, but this is how they think. This is the same sort of thinking that led Bernie Sanders to say, when he talked about Cuba, to talk about how wonderful their education and healthcare system was. Are you stinking kidding me? These people were prisoners in their own countries. But because something is considered you know an entitlement to the to the individual bernie and the radical left thinks that's wonderful that's great unable to see the real oppression right before their very eyes and it is sad it is disgusting and it is incredibly unfortunate and this is the consequence this is one one of the consequences of electing an administration that has well, no idea what it's doing, has a broken ideology, morally bankrupt, is more interested in how things look than how things actually really are. And this is where we find ourselves. Long in this segment, quick time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better ho- uh, Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff. By the way, I should advise you that listening to this program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. So be careful. This morning, if you're out there operating heavy machinery, you might find yourself drifting off to the right understandable that's what happens when you listen to the program back here in just a minute welcome back so i haven't even look i i know that there's a lot to talk about i haven't even scratched the surface on the latest stuff with COVID, right? I mean, the stuff with, with COVID, um, shutdowns looming, again, potentially in certain parts of the country. I just have a feeling, though, vaccine mandates by employers, vaccine mandates being discussed in cities, Mayor de Blasio, you're second second-class citizen now if you don't want to get the the vaccine. They're going to continue to turn this pressure up. And folks, even if you got the vaccine, I do hope that you 
stand firm by those that don't want to get it. I mean, it make it literally makes no sense. There was a study that was just done in Israel. I'm going to paraphrase this, and this was talking with a friend of mine who's in who's in healthcare. Um, he, he works in that general space, and he was telling me that the nation of Israel had done a study on the latest Delta variant, and they found they, they had, there were three groups that they tracked. Groups that had the uh, COVID before, groups that did not have COVID before but were vaccinated, and groups that did not have COVID before and were not vaccinated. Out of the people that caught the Delta variant in Israel, 1% of them were people who had had COVID before. 39% were those who had not had COVID but were vaccinated, and 60% were those who had not had COVID and who were not vaccinated. He said... He said, you can make the case, you can at least make this statement that you're 30 times more likely to get COVID if you had been vaccinated versus if you had had it before. You could at least make that that argument. But yet, it doesn't matter if you've had it before. You're going to comply. They're going to jab you in the arm twice, and you're going to like it. That And that is not American, and we've got to stand by and defends people's, uh, especially when the, when the government's doing this. Like that is that is completely outside the scope of government. I got to go. Long in the segment. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. That is all the time that we unfortunately have today. But I look. This is, um, you know, we're, we're facing a, an important battle on multiple fronts. And I, the takeaway is, to me, that, I mean, that, there's a, people are seeing, people are seeing the mess that we have here. They understand who's responsible, and they realize, a lot of folks have realized the mistakes that we've made. So we have hope on cleaning this up, but it's going to be a tough few months. I got to go. See you tomorrow. SDG, take care. 